This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to That's Bangin', a podcast celebrating everything great from farm to plate, ship to service, and field to fork. A celebration of everything tasty, fresh, excellent, and awesome that's coming off our little island at the moment, including interviews with people who love food and people who are influencing what we eat on the island of Ireland. Marcus, how are you getting on? I'm good, man. I'm sad, but I'm happy. Do you well, know why? I do. I think I do know why. Do you know why? Because this is the last episode of uh, That's Banging. Yeah, it is. We're, we're in on... season one, psych! <laughs> You're sitting at home crying. Do you know what? I'll dry those tears, buddy. Because this is the last episode of season one, 12 episodes. Do you know what? We've had some amazing times. We've had some great guests. We've had some good chats. We've talked about devil's desserts. We've talked about everything in between. Yeah, it's been quite magical. We've done 12 episodes. I've really enjoyed it. What's been great there is people have been sending in their own devil's desserts now the last few weeks over Instagram. We've got a few great messages over Instagram. We might touch on that in season two. But uh, yeah, so... I think, uh, now don't, don't worry, we're not going away for too long. We're going to take a little Easter weekend break and uh, we'll probably be back very, very soon. We'll be back the week after. We'll be back the week <laughs> yeah. after. Yeah, we'll be back the week after. <laughs> but yeah, officially the end of season one. Uh, Marcus, exciting stuff going on there at the moment there's with yourself. Good, there's some good bits going on. Uh, before we touch on that, we've eaten we've eaten well this week, we as haven't. always. We've, yeah. we've, we've been treating ourselves mm, as absolutely. the gluttons we are. Absolutely. I was actually floating around, um, floating around D8 there. Clambrassel Street, kind of around that area, the Black Pits there on Saturday. Great yeah. vibe down at Hen's Teeth. A lot happening there. Uh, Hen's Teeth. Ha- Shout out to the Hen's Teeth mm. crew. What they've what they've built in that little corner of the tenters. Oh, it's fantastic. I incredible. went down and uh, also like one thing I, I I'd seen the menus for Hen's Teeth over the years, but never actually went in and ate something. So you had the prawn po' boy uh, with the fried pickle, which looks absolutely yeah, ridiculous. So good, so good, and just such a, such, such a nice setting as well. It's a little sun trap outside Hensteed, just uh, just kind of standing around outside, not loitering, but uh, standing around just outside. I actually got a nice little picture uh, print from uh, an artist called Carl McGee. Brilliant. Uh, it's a photograph. It's actually just a big Whopper disco ball, but it's taken in Yamamori Tengu. Oh, uh, I so, miss Tengu so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually just great because you know people have uh, pictures from all over the world in their houses for art, and this is actually somewhere like you know I've danced in many times. You've probably played in. Do you know what? It's Yeah, it was actually one of the last gigs I played was Sanctuary oh, in yeah, Tengu, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a very fun night. Very, <laughs> very salivating. Um, <laughs> that is banging. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, but then around there, then I had a little walk into Plur Bakery, got a Whopper, Gabi and Ham and Cheese cross on, mm. up to Fumbly, and then up to Base as well, Had a little, got a little bottle of wine off our mate Andy. There's a lot of stuff happening in a... Uh, in Dublin 8 at the moment. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff happening in Dublin 8. There's as, a, as an emerging as an emerging food area. Yeah, yeah. It's really it's great. I I grew up in Dublin 8 and there was very little around there, but I mean, if you start up at Harold's Cross Bridge yeah. and you have Clambrassel House based Bastable, mm. Gayo and Grey, Passion for Food, which I am insisting is on that list because <laughs> yeah, yeah, my yeah, god, absolutely. what a fucking kebab. Um and then you work your way down and suddenly you have the fourth corner, you have Lucky's, you have mm. Antisocial, you've the Sambo Ambo, mm. you have um Hens Teeth, you have the Fumbly, mm. you have Plur Bakery, you have um, the market that was up in New Market Square as well. Yeah, like, yeah. there's so much happening around that area that wasn't there before, and it's brilliant. Anyway. And speaking of markets. Oh, yes. Um, I'm working on something very exciting. You're hearing it here first. Um, Dinetown, which is going to be Dublin's next big old outdoor food market. Deliciousness you can wrap your teeth around in the heart of Dublin 8. Wonderful, wonderful. Is, yeah. that, is that it? We'll cut it there. We, we won't say anything yeah, much more. Listen, I'm, not, I'm not going to say too much more, but just keep an eye on my Instagram at Marcus Olera or Dinetown Dublin um, or the Sambo Ambo. Just any of, the, any of those accounts and you will see kind of some really exciting things that are happening 
Um, and something that's actually that I'm very passionate about, which is the regeneration of a lost building. Wonderful. Which is brilliant. So mm. I'm very happy mm. and proud to be a part of it, mm. and I can't wait to show you all. Mm. It anyway. just actually reminded me as well of another market I was actually at the weekend. So kind of this little farmer's market that just popped up there on Sunday. Um, so the, the Wren's Nest pub down in the Strawberry Beds. So it'd be just beside the Straw Hall and uh, those Goat's Gruff. And yeah, 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 just on from there. But uh, so obviously they're closed up. It's a great, beautiful setting. Like down there, it's so peaceful. Like if I, if I was to probably build a house anywhere in Dublin, I'd love to build one down there because you're on the River Liffey. It's just it's just amazing. But uh, they just had. I think they have the Taco Man down there. Well, I was there. I know what they have. <laughs> They have the taco man down there, and uh, they have just like nice copies. And uh, there was a girl doing some cakes. I think it was Magnolia Road mm-hmm. Bakery or something like that. And uh, and then just some someone doing Whopper fruit and ve- uh, fruit and veg from which I actually got a few Whopper aubergines from. Yeah, I actually uh, saw this on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, going to yeah, ask yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So I actually uh, I I was done a bit of cooking. I done the aubergines, uh, roast them, uh, roast them. Lots of salt and pepper, lots of olive oil, and. Uh, then um, fr- sautéed up some nice shiitakes and okay. used a white miso sauce then on top of uh, mm-hmm. the shiitakes and the, um, the aubergines to create this, you know, ultimate umami kind of deliciousness inspired mm-hmm. by, you know, a, a very kind of famous shiitake miso butter from uh, from uh, one of our favorite restaurants. One of our, truly one of our favorite restaurants. And uh, this is, in case you can't tell, this is us segueing onto this week's guest. <laughs> unless you think we're just <laughs> waxing talking lyrical. Talking shite. Yeah, talking <laughs> shite. Do you know what? This is actually, our guest this week is the one and only Nod Davidson of Alta. Um, and honestly, the first, I remember the first, I was at the the first friends and family dinner in um, in Alta with with Arvine and uh, Billy oh, yeah, Scurry. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God, that I seems remember, like a lifetime oh, ago now. God. Remember, but just that, that sourdough scooping into that shiitake and miso butter. Mm. Like, honestly, first bite of a meal. Holy shit. <laughs> like, just wallop you in the face. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Niall, yeah, you're yeah. very welcome to That's Banging. Well, thank you very much for having me. And I'm honoured that I am here for the the last of the first season. Listen, yeah. man, quite, uh, quite, uh, quite an, a you beautiful are, ending to uh, to another beginning. If this is the <laughs> tasting menu, you are our petty four. Oh, well, there <laughs> we go. I'll take, I'll take that. Um, how are you doing, dude? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, be, uh, yeah, pretty good actually. Yeah, could, could be a lot. Uh, could be a lot worse than uh, <laughs> than uh, what 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 the hell is going on at the moment. But uh, things are busy. We're cooking food. We're just kind of keeping our head down, cracking on, and yeah. So it could so be let, a lot. so let's talk about that. The last few weeks, you've had the explosion of Alta Bakery. You know, it's the, people are queuing down the street on a Saturday morning. They're down. So time to place down. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. South Frederick Street around the corner from from 9am basically honestly uh, it's like there's mosh pits for donuts it's like, <laughs> yeah well like it kind of came out of we just like we, we've been doing the box we've been closed for a year now and it's uh, when we opened up Alta back in 2019 we closed quite shortly after opening it and uh, the, the boxes boxes have been great it's just it's just have to change have to evolve have to adapt and then the bakery just kind of came out of like Saturdays in town, like trying to just get energy back into the space. Yeah. Just kind of just get people back, trying to eke out the tiniest bit of normality within nothingness. You know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, so that's how it kind of started. That was the idea, thought process. Uh, we were kind of we're planning on doing some evening time stuff too soon, but like just the bakery morning time Saturdays. Was the was the kind of first first step, and really it just it kind of got went a bit it really, went a bit mental, you know? know what I mean? I didn't really expect it at all to like 
<laughs> something that I think is wild is that the fact that like people, especially in Dublin and Irish people, we just love a queue. Yeah. We love a queue. Like it justifies whatever people are queuing for. Like if you see like two two doors and one of them like the door that has like that has nothing like you could have ten people standing outside one door to get punched in the face and the other door would have something delicious like, or wonderful behind it the and whole, nobody there. Like the whole queue thing's like get it's out. Mad. It's mad because like we like we started it, we we kinda We've been working with Plur Bakery for a couple of weeks. So this is their last week with us was last week. Mm-hmm. So they're because they're doing they're just more nice because they're a small business. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. he's he's cool. And Great like, bread. And like so now we're just we've always kind of worked a lot on our bread mm. program for the restaurant, like really a lot. And uh so there's a guy that works with me, Bartek, and he's kind of taken on the kind of the baking side of things from day okay. one when me and him were working together and like yeah, so that's kind of a linchpin of Alta, or like a, and really, I've I've always kind of been into to bakeries and like, and yeah. then Kev Kev came on board about a year ago too, and shoes there from day one. So between us, we're not like we're definitely not like like amazing pastry chefs, but between <laughs> us, we have like a yeah, I kind of nice like nice a, broad spectrum of a what, grasp of the gluten a grasp of the gluten exactly <laughs> yeah. in different yeah. formats and uh and Yo, i think that's kind of well who doesn't love really big whopper donuts that have maize and fillings in them that's well, like thing. the kind of donuts came out i was like because i've only moved to dublin about a year and a half ago and then i used to work in saint john brown wine and and, oh, like, and we used to always like make donuts on my first jobs there and on saturday morning if you're on the pastry section you'd you'd there'd always mm. be donuts yeah, coming yeah. out and then they did and who doesn't like a fucking lovely brioche filled oh. donut? We're like, like, who doesn't? Show no, me definitely. one person yeah. that doesn't. You know what well, I mean? Well, tell you what, kind of talking about St. John there, let's go into your background a little bit. Um, <laughs> even before you cooked professionally and everything that led you to sitting here in the studio, which obviously <laughs> is a career highlight. Um, I would where, say it's not where, too far off. Isn't where, it? where did it start? Where did you grow up? Uh, so I, I was born in Scotland and yeah. I uh, uh, lived there in Fife. My dad's Scottish uh, and I lived there until I was six. Okay. Or seven, something like that. And then I moved to Derry. Okay, right. When I was seven. Okay, right. So that's where my kind of mongrel accent comes from, you know, <laughs> yeah. for sure. You can't, you can't, what, what, what to Derry, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we moved there. Uh, yeah, just so I, uh, seven, moved to the countryside. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Scotland where I was living, we weren't really in the city, but it was more in the town. I never really kind of lived in the countryside. And I just like absolutely loved it. Yeah. So I grew up on a farm, kind of just always helping monkos on the farm. Okay. Uh, went to school, was generally okay. I wouldn't say that I I, I was... Uh, thriving. Thriving. <laughs> yeah. I Definitely more of a creative, creative at heart than, okay. a, than a person that... And we, we like I'm just picturing you seven, just moved from Fife into the into the wilds of Derry, leaping like literally like the intro to The Simpsons, like leaping <laughs> out of the door to the school and it just was, running through hedgerows. It was pretty much like to that. A wren. It was pretty much like that because I was High-fiving like high a pine. I mountain. was like I fucking like I moved to school with 28 people in it. Yeah, and I was like, this yeah. is fucking great. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> so you were quite secluded. Yeah, yeah. And like it was definitely a kind of awakening, and then so realistically, on from that, I went uh, did all my A levels in school. Did like all my brothers got two brothers. One's a surgeon, one's a doctor of physics, and my little sister is she's studying law, and I became a butcher. 
So yeah. the intro w- w- was the farm <laughs> that uh, that you were growing up on. Was it a was it a livestock farm? Uh, it was or? a livestock farm, just a small kind of livestock farm. Uh, yeah, just not like a like farming's got very intensive, and like I don't really like the way farming's mm. gone now. It's just. It's just like we kind of just forget about where what we need to do, oh, which it's is become, it's become yeah. mental. Like it's like it's just producing shite. So disassociated and, as well. Yeah, you know? disassociated with like with flavor. It's something Chris and I have talked about a good bit. Is that the yeah. fact that like you know we we both are very much of the opinion that, and we've talked about it on the podcast before yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's it's uh, eat less meat but eat better meat. Oh, completely, kinda, completely. And, like you know, like you shouldn't be able to buy ten chicken thighs for three euro. I, com- I couldn't agree more. And like. like and like, yeah. and like you see it the way it's gone with like pork production in the oh, north yeah. of Ireland like you, like Northern Ireland produces masses of pork but you never see it because it's just it's just kept under lights inside yeah. and it's just like of course we need to feed our our, our uh, increasing population yeah. but we also can't forget about like what farming is so uh, but that was kind of the reason why I, I really wanted to like just into food in any possible yeah. way so I became a butcher uh, with my uncle in a little butcher shop in Corain. Worked there for a year. After yeah. one year of uh, of mincing, mincing, making <laughs> sausages, <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know what? I think, I think it's uh, there must be. I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way because working there for a year was was amazing. It was yeah. like it was my first job and it was in food and I was working with something that I wanted to do. But I kind of wanted to move on and see how far could I learn about butchery. Okay. The creative embers were burning. Kind of like that too. So then I did a few weeks, or I'd say a few months in Italy, in uh, Piemonte, oh, uh, working place. how to like seam butcher. And they had, a, and like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, incredible. Like, like incredible, fucking incredible. incredible. Like 19 to get the opportunity to work there. Also, incredible culture of beef. Amazing culture Piedmontese of beef. Piedmontese. Piedmontese and Kianina, yeah. and like, and it's. I actually own a Piedmontese you're animal. Jo- you're joking. <laughs> what, like as a pet? A pet, a pet cow, yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> this is no shit. I own a pet cow. You, you have, you have uh, your own Piedmontese I cow. have my own Piedmontese cow in leash. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you visit it often? I do actually. Once it, no, because uh, it's called Enya. <laughs> uh, you have a Piedmontese cow called Enya in leash. Oh, my God. Uh, it's that true. Is just- it's like, that's no bullshit. And it's fucking... I got it when I was... Eight, 19 when I came back from Italy and I was like I want one of these cars so I I, <laughs> I went on the old farmer's journal saw who was selling them I bought one and uh, and now it's still alive and it's uh, just grazing it's just grazing just <laughs> So that is fucking best looked after cow in Ireland. That is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Enya the cow just roaming around leash. It's called Blackwater Enya. Is its is its full name? Yeah. And it's uh, full bred Piedmontese, and it's about eighteen years old. Not not yeah, no, not eighteen. I got it when I was about sixteen years old. Yeah, beautiful. And it's still alive, and it's on my cousin's farm in leash, just hanging out, well. just having the crack, you know, fucking. Um, well, question. The one thing that Piedmontese do very well as well is the kind of the eating of retired dairy animals. Yeah, well, I get this. Like, if I'm honest, it's something that's always massively interested me. Uh, <laughs> what looking at your cow going one, for, one day? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all, all, whenever Look I think of this, all I, all I think about, all I think about is the fatter Ted and my lovely horse. But it's, uh, but it's uh, my lovely cow. Uh, yeah. No, but like I'm not saying about Enya. Definitely, that would bring tears to my eye. Okay. But uh, you know, I think like the whole re- retired dairy animal is just another definite way of of getting the most out of an animal mm-hmm. in Absolutely. every possible way. And it's something that's kind of started off here a bit. But, mm-hmm. uh, 
on it. So, uh, so back to my back life story. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I bought the car. <laughs> <laughs> Left Italy. <laughs> Left Italy. <laughs> uh, then moved to London. Yeah. So I moved yeah. to London uh, as a butcher. Okay. I met, uh, yeah, no, I moved to London, worked for a butcher called Jack O'Shea's, who's no longer there in London anymore, but worked in the Selfridge Food Hall for a year. Okay. okay. And it was like, it was it was kind of random on. I phoned, I phoned them up, this old English butcher mm-hmm. called Paul Gratorix, picked the phone up. And uh, I was like, I'm looking for a job. And he was like, yeah, it's done. <laughs> <San Francisco. laughs> done. Yeah. So, I, so I jumped on the plane next week, started working. Right. And uh, that was really, and then really when I was working there, it was, uh, it's like, that's how like I kind of got to know chefs, got to know, we would like, we were supplying to the River Cafe. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, like the first, I remember with something quite distinctly, I had a good friend called another Nile. And he was working at the River Cafe. Yeah. And they were buying some stuff from the butchers. And I never heard of the River Cafe or what it was. So I was 21 in London and they're at this, uh, uh, the River Cafe funds up. And I'm like, yeah. they were like, could you come down? And we'd sent them in loins of uh, Rosé Veal. Okay, right. And like, I like, and like, they were like, could you come down and show us how to butcher them? Oh, so I was like, yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll, I'll come down after lunch and show you. So I was <laughs> not expecting, knowing what you were walking into. <laughs> I was expecting to walk into a cafe by the river. You yeah. know what I mean? And then there's these like, I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> there was like groups of twenty chefs watching me butcher bloody T-bones on yeah. veal. And I was like, oh god, this is pretty cool. This is kind of might want to learn about what this is. And yeah. then so that was, yeah. And then so after one year in the butcher shop. I decided I want to be a chef. I that kind of moment came when I was sitting on table twenty-one in St. John oh. and uh, St. John Bread and Wine actually, because I did a stage at St. John and I enjoyed it. But there's a breakfast chef job came up at St. John Bread and Wine. Okay, so ultimately took that, and I actually the reason why I took that. I was sitting on table twenty-one. I was having lunch and I had uh, was it like. New season garlic soup with snails oh and back fat. And I was like, fucking hell, that's pretty good. I wouldn't mind learning how to make this one, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I took a job uh, as a breakfast chef. Pretty much half my salary, but I just wanted to just get stuck in. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and then just kind of worked through there. And that was the kind of starting point. Like I'd done a few bits before that. Um, my friend Fred Smith, he was at like a gastro pub called Dad McCoddington. So I'd done my days off. I'd went in there. Okay. Just to kind of learn the trade. Learn the trade so a you, bit. You jumped in hard, really. I kind of went, well, I think you got to. Yeah, of course. You're just yeah. like, I was, when I was like, I think if you're not, the moment that you're not kind of out, out of your comfort zone a little bit is the moment that you kind of stop doing what you want to do. Uh, yeah, but, I think somewhere like St. John as well. I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Fergus Henderson is. The, the goat like he's yeah, yeah like it's, it's a definite like eye opener for like yeah like massive inspiration you well, know I suppose, what I mean? and yeah. like the way of life the way that like, their culture in that restaurant too it's like whether you like the food or not yeah like the culture of like the working week you yeah know what i mean and people go there and maybe stay there for 10 years and don't leave and like that's testament to the actual kind of the actual and people behind it. You know what I mean? So. Do you know, it's actually, we've talked about the devil's de- dessert a lot on this. We'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like genuinely, I think 
my like death row meal would be St. John or Black Axe. One of the other. Well, Lee Tiernan was the man who gave me a job as a breakfast chef. <laughs> really? So, <laughs> so he, uh, he was head at the time that he, you were. He was head. He had just taken over from James Lowe. He went on to open Lyos and he had taken yeah. over. And like working with Lee was like, still like we still have a WhatsApp group, believe it or not, of yeah. all the people that worked together at St. John. No way. Like 10 years ago. And it's good crack. You know what I mean? So there was a definite connection there. And then, and then really I worked there for a year, year and a bit. And like, ultimately I'm a very bad employee. <laughs> 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 I'll be the first to say that. I fucking right. hate working for people. Yeah. It's always yeah. been my, my, my diminishing factor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Okay. And so, yeah. So then went on to do a few things in London and Belgium, working in different restaurants, kind of like some like, uh, just kind of working and just getting experience as much as possible. You always had the ambition just to go work for yourself then? Oh, always since I was like yeah. 14. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember yeah. I remember I used to buy and sell quads when I was 14 on the farm. <laughs> and, uh, so I took a day off school, not to my mom's delight. And I came in the next day and my farm teacher was like, where were you? And I was like, yeah, I was working. Yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, go down well at home, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I love the way the dairy action dropped there as well, just for working. I'm, work yeah. I'm working. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so then after a few years in London, I, yeah, just like, like was working in sort of three or four restaurants, worked a place in the Wolf in Belgium, was working in Mendes in Chum uh, Farhouse, was working with a guy called Brad McDonald, who's in mm. a few projects there. Then I wanted to open up a restaurant in London. Yeah. So opened up a restaurant called Nula. Yeah. Which was fucking went to shit a bit, but you know, it happens. Yeah. But do you know, I remember it because I thought, at that time where you had this kind of emerging new kind of new school of London cuisine where yeah, you yeah, had yeah, like yeah, the yeah. likes of Kiln, yeah, Smoking yeah, Goat, yeah, 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 yeah. Lyles, like all these kind of like, you know, restaurants that are now like the uh, noodle was like it was mentioned in yeah. all. With, oh, yeah, no, because it was just ultimately there is a few factors for its failure and a lot of them come down to like from my side of things a lot of them come down to probably the wrong business partners for me mm. a lot that come down to the site but only looking back in it when it when i when like i was technically forced out of it a little bit yeah. you know what i mean and it was a bad time for me but like looking back on it now would i change it for the world not mm. one bit but because you know like yeah. some of the best things in life that happen to you are some of the worst yeah. you know <laughs> you know what and I mean? would, would that like did you have a degree of self-doubt then after that or oh, was massive, it just wrong no, place wrong time massively self degree of self-doubt like massive if you fucking don't have the degree of self-doubt after after like mm. that like when you're fucking you're like what what do you have you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. so like I was in the, yeah, after that, I kind of left there. It was something I was working towards. I knew like when it opened up, I knew it was kind of what I, it wasn't meant to be. Mm. But mm. you're saying it's like the whole quote, you're so far in that you can't really go out and <laughs> yeah. come back out. Yeah. You got to, and like it didn't, didn't really work out. Like had a few team members that didn't really work out for me there as well. Mm. And like, but it's all experience, isn't it? You know what I mean? But that's it. You know, and I, I think that's something that's really, really important to remember and especially if you are a young chef listening to this podcast oh, yeah like no but like I was, if, I was yeah. gonna, like if you don't put yourself in the ring you don't win you definitely can fail but you don't win but that's and it like failure like no one grows from comfort failure is key failure is key and, and like I always just say that like before you can succeed you've got to be openly willing to fail mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what I mean you have it's to like, be fully willing to just give yourself to exactly <laughs> but just, you do you fucking yeah. like, I'm not 
like because and that's one thing i learned there because i was scared of failure i was yeah. scared of fucking what my friends would think i was scared of what my peers would think and like and it happened didn't want it to happen but it happened and i am so much more the better for it happening four three to four years later mm-hmm. than than at the time mm-hmm. so uh and it kind of like it was a bit shit i've spent 10 years in london to have that as my last kind of hooray in London. Mm. Not saying that there might not be another hooray in London course, at some point in the yeah. future, but at that point in time, like, and then I just like, so. Uh, did that give you the push then that you kind of wanted to move back to Ireland or? I, like, where, so I suppose then after that then, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too far like, down the road before. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that. So, so what, Yeah, like, so well, I suppose, when, when did you meet you Higgins then? Or did you already know him from before? So, how Alta came about was this guy, there's a guy called Peng Lo, who has mm-hmm. a group of restaurants based in in Singapore and Sydney. Yeah. And I know him quite, I know him really well. I uh, did a dinner there in Singapore like a few years ago and he was always kind of in contact and then he had a, he, he had a, like, like a space that opened yeah. up and he was like, do you want to do a restaurant there? It's pretty small, but like, could be a cool first thing to do. Yeah. Mm. And then ultimately, I was like, "Fucking yes, sign me up!" (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking sign me up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then, Mr. Higgins, she. This is quite a funny story, actually. So, uh, so yeah, so the space was there. It was like just you've been there. It's pretty small, but Mm. when we got it, it was like behind a hotel. It was a courtyard with no roof. Yeah. Yeah. And we had this vision to like turn it. Turn so- yeah. from nothing. Try and put something there. Yeah. Definitely not like when I said when I walked up to it the first time. Like when I like yeah, going to that first night in in Alta. Like walking up the first time, I was like, where the fuck is this place? Yeah, like where? Uh, yeah. the three pillars, yeah. like, and it's kind of like the doors in either side in, uh, in between the pillars. Isn't uh, it? Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. like it's yeah, and I think like we definitely got the most out of the space. I'm not saying it's the easiest restaurant to run because yeah. it's not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is a little townhouse hotel attached to it that. Yeah one of the deals that we need to offer breakfast and like you're trying to offer a breakfast <laughs> from this kitchen with no fridges and then you're trying to open up for a fucking <laughs> Friday night dinner where you've got a hundred people on the wait list and you're trying yeah. to do this and you're like oh my god but like you just got to get it done because mm. it might breed into a bigger restaurant yeah, with that yeah. we exactly, that we're like yeah. you know you what gotta mean? smash it you yeah, gotta, course, you gotta yeah. like it's horses for courses no matter what you know what I mean mm. so then uh, so I got the space hadn't got a name and then but I knew like yeah, I wanted like I'm not a head chef. Yeah, I'm okay. not. I'm never like I'm not like I'm. You know, what I mean, I'm not saying that I couldn't be a head chef. I'm just saying I don't really want to be a head chef. Okay, you know what I mean. I am a. Uh, and I knew like whenever you do anything, you need good people. Yeah, yeah. good partners. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is built on teams. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. It's Absolutely. not built upon one person. It's not built. It's built upon. Like the whole fucking team. Mm-hmm. So then I uh, chat to my mate uh, in London and I was like, do you know any chefs in Dublin got this project coming up that might kind of get the vibe. And at that mm-hmm. time, I think we want to do a bit more kind of proper restaurant. Well, that's what I'm saying, not proper. I'm not saying yeah. Alta's not a proper restaurant, but we wanted to do, yeah, a bit more of a nice like open kitchen kind of vibes. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I was over at my cousin's 
uh, got a cousin here called Neil Mohern, and he's like, yeah, 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 I was over him. Uh, boo, boo, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, we know Neil really well. Yeah, yeah that, that's a small yeah. world. Yeah. Well, yeah. so Neil's my first cousin, and we got. Oh, seen he got a few donuts today. Actually, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all clicking in my head now. He got sent a box of donuts today. I was like, how did he get sent a box of donuts? <laughs> <laughs> mate, blood, blood, mate. Blood, <laughs> blood, blood, blood runs thicker than yeah. custard. Blood runs thicker than blood. Actually, actually, here, know, here, here's a fun little fact about the blood is thicker than water saying. Did you know that the full saying is actually the blood of the womb is thicker than the or the water the water of the womb is thicker than the blood of the covenant it's actually the reverse of the blood is thicker so what than does the water. that actually mean it means the water that of the womb is thicker than the blood of the no, covenant no the water of the womb is thinner than the blood of the covenant which basically means that nah, um, family's more an ending no but no that the people who you fight with and the people who you're in in a covenant with yeah. are your actual family yeah, yeah, so yeah, whenever yeah. someone's like blood is thicker than water I'm like yeah Fucking is <laughs> gonna go off with the Illuminati here. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. That. Anyway, back to the podcast. Uh, I love it. So, uh, so Neil Mulherd is your cousin. So Neil, so Neil, picking up fucking beer coffees, smashed the yeah, they're smashing like, out there. And like, fair, like, like, fair play to him. Like, he's like, he was into nightclubs. Nightclubs finishes. He's got to yeah. do something. So yeah, like, yeah. and he's doing really well out there. And he's been kind of as well a big help. Uh, kind of because like ultimately on a Saturday morning we open up as a bakery with coffee mm. and like what do I know about coffee not yeah, much yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean so uh, I, I know what good coffee tastes like so he's been there him and Cloud Picker have been quite good kind of Peter and Frank he- legends. Frank legends. legends I actually Top. had an amazing coffee out of Alta there a couple of weeks ago um, the pro, the pro line um, oh the hot chocolate yeah 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 because yeah, yeah, that's a Kevin same. Burke creation it's yeah, fucking yeah. tasty isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah very yeah, very yeah, tasty yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway, you, you were talking to you were talking to Neil. Yeah, so yeah. chatting to Neil, and then I was over there, and then uh, this um, a friend in London tells me that there's a guy called Hugh Higgins. Yeah, here's his number. So I'm out with Neil, and just in town for like two days because I was still living mm-hmm. in London at that point in time. And she was like, "Yeah, I'm working. I'll come and meet you." So I met him for a pint with Neil. Yeah, <laughs> in the Blackbird at about midnight. Nice. He nice. came after work. Fucking seems like in rough mind. Seems like a lifetime ago as well. Busy bars and whatnot. (laughs) But uh, and he was like, yeah, cool. And this was like the end of 2018 potentially. So this was like because we started in February together, working together, and that was the end of 2018. He Mm -hmm. was like, I was like, got the space, just signed it. It's definitely like it might. It's not going to be the easiest restaurant in the world to run, but it will be a foot in the door for us to. Do something potentially yeah. if, if like potentially do something bigger, better. You know what I mean. And then the creativity starts going between the two of us. Yeah. So ultimately, then we started working together in February of 2019. We took on a little test kitchen in Terneur in the top uh, top floor of the the Eagle. You know, the pub. <laughs> no way. Really. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, like it was definitely fun the whole place with about an inch of grease on it so uh, <laughs> but it was like it wasn't for that we were a bit screwed because like you know before you open up a restaurant like mm. it's not re- like it's about the build it's about design it's about it feels but your kind of food on the plate's got to be yeah, yeah, got to yeah. be pretty of course. good and then so we put a lot of effort there into loads of fermentations definitely something that she loves definitely something that like is a very big interest for me loads of make it like because when we started Alto, we kind of don't want to go in with... We're kind of now moving a bit more towards set menus. Yeah. Mainly because in such a small space without a bar, yeah. it's kind of hard to make it a business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doing like... But like when we started, we kind of wanted to go in as just a really super tasty small plates, mm-hmm. kind of casual, fun yeah. place. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, and a big part of that was just we want to make as many flavors as possible. Yeah. Ourselves. I make our larder from soy sauces to measles to vinegars to like washy powders to like and just kind of do the plates of food quite simple you yeah. know what i mean just kind of approachable food and that was kind of where we set our stall and hopefully that's where we kind of where it's gone and where it's been a, a like perceived it's as something that's really always struck me about your flavors and the way that your dishes are built in alta and this is something that it, it i'm surprised more restaurants in in ireland haven't jumped on us the fact that like you have created all of your own well it's it's kind of an emerging trend the fermentation yeah, yeah, side yeah. of things but it's like you have a pantry of ingredients that are yours that, oh, and that don't exist anywhere else yeah and it's it's key because yeah. you can like yeah. ultimately for me when you when you make food like when you compose a plate of food you kind of think about all the different textures elements crunches mm-hmm. salinities whatever but at the same time i don't want to be thinking about that with ingredients that I'm buying off a shelf from someone else. I want to be thinking about that from measles that we made from like different textures of stuff, different like, and like we really want to like using Irish ingredients and alters is quite a big thing for me because and like, but using them in a way where it's just not like here's our list of suppliers, you know what I mean? Using in a way where it's not really on the menu, but if you look in the wall, we've got our kind of carry supplier, you know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so really that's where we set our stall. We worked upon that for quite a long, well, not a long time, six months. And yeah. uh, at that point in time, a chef called Chris, uh, Christine Walsh. Who's came. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Love Christine. Mm. Cool as shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also was doing this shit before anyone oh, else. Oh, yeah. And that's why our, I like, think we kind of like, that's why I think we kind of, because she was in Dublin. She wasn't having the best, best time. Or she, and then I was like, well, do you want to come and help us get open? Mm. I knew like she, she, she never like she she loves Galway and yeah, now she's yeah. there doing her dream job and I, I couldn't she's be happier in for her. at the moment is she in yeah yeah and it's kind of a shame it's kind of like us open close open close yeah, but when yeah. that opens fully as a kind of a restaurant it's gonna be incredible it's gonna be incredible yeah so uh, she came on board and she was she was actually just saw the vision of what me and she wanted to deliver and really just tied in that vision to get us to opening yeah and. Yeah, like she stayed with us, kind of stayed with us to March till we closed. And then it was just unfortunate that COVID came and then she was off to open up Ian. And then, uh, so yeah, and then that was kind of the prelude to opening. Uh, And then ultimately Kev, Kev Burke, who's another amazing chef, came in to work with us in December. Great, great beard. Great Great beard. beard. Amazing beard. (laughs) And kind of like... It was like I'm not gonna lie. The first four months, to six months of opening up any restaurants are like fucking tough. You know what I mean? It's like you gotta be ready just for anything. And like when I like, and uh, not saying that we closed when we closed was a nice kind of braver, but yeah. there was a little bit of like because the week before we closed was like our busiest week ever. Mm-hmm. You know when we had our busiest Friday, we had our busiest Saturday. We were like hundred people on the wait list to yeah. get a table yeah. and I was like what the fuck is going on you know what I mean I did not expect anywhere near mm. that amount of like you know what I mean that amount of kind of mm. uh, to happen and yeah so then we closed and then when we closed it was like oh fuck now what do we do mm. <laughs> well just uh, yeah. before we lead into this I just want to tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about Headstuff Plus um, so obviously we're available from everywhere you'd normally get your podcasts and of course Headstuff Podcasts we're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network and if you'd like to support us and the other podcasts on the network you can now through Headstuff Plus 
Uh, if you sign up to the Headstuff Plus community, it not only helps your favourite Irish creators do do more of what they do best, like talking to Niall and talking to people like that, but you also get a heap of bonus content from every single show on the network, regardless of which show you support, which is awesome. I also want to tell you about another great Headstuff po- podcast by a really good friend of mine, Emma Jane Purcell. It's called Fail Harder. On Fail Harder, Emma Jane talks to people at the top of their game about failure, much like we talked to you about the, <laughs> like She's had guests like Paul Mescal um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and myself. So, um, it's an <laughs> Just Sorry, put yourself in there. Is this the next one? Or is, 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 that, uh, is Fail this? Harder is an absolutely brilliant podcast. It's worth listening to, especially if you want to learn how people who you might consider at the top of their very games got there and the series of little failures and successes brought them from point A to point B. So, this is the trailer. Hello, I'm Emma Jane from Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. I have some unbelievable guests on the show like Paul Meskel, James Cavanagh, Georgina Campbell, the list just goes on. And of course, we'd be mad to take failure too seriously, so every week I have 20 questions in front of me numbered at random. Most are straightforward, however some are a little more unconventional, and in the spirit of failure, my guest can pick the numbers. They might not like the results, but life's not fair and neither is my podcast. So Niall, just to, like, to kind of touch on Alta again. So the concept of it, you have the big table in the middle. For people yeah, that haven't yeah. been to Alta before, you have the big table in the middle. The, na- the full name is Alta Wine Bar. So there's a big focus on wine and then, you know, then yeah. it's the big, ta- it's the tasty plates, like you said. Um, I suppose I, I kind of read something about you before when you said when you first opened, you know, it, it wasn't in your mind the Michelin Guide or anything like that but I suppose now with like you know yourself you Christine Walsh uh, Kev Ian Fitzpatrick all these people have great pedigree from other restaurants before is it something like you know in the no, future no, that's... It's, it's, it's like to to be a Michelin star chef is like maybe the biggest achievement you'll ever have as a mm-hmm. professional chef mm, definitely yeah. like it's nothing that like I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't want a Michelin star of course I want fucking a Michelin star I want ten of them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that we definitely don't strive towards. Mm-hmm. It's something like like from go. It wasn't our aim at Alta. It wasn't like it wasn't like we're going to cook food. We're going to create a tasting style menu. We're going to create the style of service. We're going to create this purely to get a mixing star. Of course, it wasn't because like I'm not saying I don't want that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that it's definitely something I think about every day doing. <laughs> 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 and it's definitely something that I want to do next year or the year yeah, after yeah, whether yeah. in Dublin or in the countryside of mm. course it is like yeah but at Ulta we were like let's just do some place where the food's fucking outrageously delicious mm. but tasty as fuck and yeah. it's fun mm. like let's just like let's just kind of create that and ultimately uh, when I came to Dublin there wasn't really that niche of restaurants like I didn't really see yeah. many of them you know of what I mean course, yeah. if, if not none of them and uh and ultimately, they're my style of restaurants, and they're mm-hmm. the style of restaurants that I like to create. Their style of like and and fun, casual, extreme, high quality. Exactly, kinda, yeah. definitely, yeah. and Lovely like style as well. Yeah, because yeah. like, and I think there are city restaurants. Yeah, if I'm honest, I think yeah. there's there there are places that like you can pop into a Monday night with your mates, but mm-hmm. also go there with six of your family on like on like at the weekends, and like, and that was just hand on heart. That was just the vision mm. and ultimately mm. when we started doing that and then we kind of it's kind of hard because you kind of want to do that vision but then you end up trying to create casual looking food and then you're like no but we can we know that we can do this better and play this nicer and do yeah. this and then it kind of like the, 
where we're at now with Alter is that we just do a set menu. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it kind of works great because we're still, we're a step up from where we were when we opened, mm -hmm. but we're still delivering that set menu within records playing yeah. within like, so you can still, there's that nice mix of kind of. Yeah. It's all that kind of like, all of the fine dining pedigree of a set menu, great wine list, everything like that. But with, this kind of casual approach yeah. where you might you, like you have like you might have a bit of old school hip hop oh, playing, on the, playing on the thing you know yeah. it's not like it's not shirts and ties it's casual yeah, dress and like and, yeah it's, and, and like that's like I'm not saying like that's me that's our, that's the alter team and that's the alter experience and like hmm. whether that whether in a year's time we do something else that's different yeah. to that mm. but that is alter and, and how have you found transitioning that into a box at home Packaging uh, that little experience, mm. that little microcosm moment in time, and well, the, translating that to like someone's the house. microcosm moment in time was just fucking hell. What do we do? We're like, yeah. we're we're like, we owe hundred grand. We just opened up. Yep. We're like, our cash flow is non-existent. <laughs> yeah. Like, fucking hell. If we close now, we might not reopen. Mm. You know, yeah, 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 <laughs> technically. Yeah, yeah. And then, so yeah, so that kind of stemmed out of uh, me, Kev, and Shu just kind of chatting about what can we do we knew we needed to do it quick yeah yeah and we knew and this was like like ultimately i'm not saying we we were like the first ones out there but like you know in, in london you've got box nightclub yeah and, yeah and it's like i've always loved that name it's like box it's yeah. just fucking box yeah <laughs> <laughs> where, where you go, I always think the best things in life are the simplest branded yeah. Yeah, things yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, we were thinking about dying at home kits and this, and I was like, you know what, let's just call it Alter Box. Yeah. Mm. And let's keep away from the apostrophes and the S's. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, it wasn't like the hardest part was probably the two weeks after closing because I knew I'd, like we didn't want to just put something in brown paper bags. Yeah. We wanted it to embody the brand, the fucking everything. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, ultimately, it's a microcosm of the restaurant. And you've yeah. had it, Marcus. You, you've I've had it. It's fucking brilliant man it's mm. like it, you know it's it's also it's beautifully approachable but still amazing well just if I'm honest we knew as well that we didn't want to put like so first of all the lynch, the linchpins are kind of like it started as a semi-provisions box so mm -hmm. like we've got charcuterie in there mm -hmm. we've got our bread we've got shiitake meals of butter yeah. we've got two dishes and it was kind of meant to be that like you can eat it over the course of three to four days Yeah. but then people just it turned into this kind of like event thing at home yeah. where people mm -hmm. just need something to look forward to. People are to, loving though. that kind of thing at the moment. That's uh, why I think the whole, obviously, you, like you said, you're one of the first to do it and like, you know, you, you, it's been so popular. I believe yeah. it's selling out like well, we, well, we still sell like, fucking hell, 220 every Monday in four hours. And like, I'm like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And like, and, and it, like, I'm just waiting for it to slow down. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I always plan for the worst. Yeah, yeah. Always in COVID. Yeah. But like, people, the kind of support we've had with it and yes, a few things go wrong. Yes, the delivery doesn't go somewhere. Mm. Yes, like fucking hell, when you're packing 220 of them, we might yeah. forget one thing. But like mm. customer service, that's a big thing for us too. And we mm. try and like, if you know what I mean, and really mm. make sure it is the best time. And uh, But yeah, so just kind of good point you brought up about like making it simple. We wanted to make it simple. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to try and I think what other restaurants have done is just try and completely replicate their dishes at home. Yeah. Yeah. And we wanted to be the complete far opposite of that. Do you we know what? Like genuinely, it's like the the little details that I've had in Alta and the details of the home box. What really struck me is like every little it was that it was the same thing. It was it wasn't, you know, crab bigoli. Or it wasn't like the but it was this 
the little details, the, the dressings. Yeah, well, like that's oh exactly my god, like, it. every little element of stuff. Like, and I like. I'm, I'm I'm a good cook. I know how to make things. I was tasting this shit, being like, "How the fuck did they taste this?" <laughs> like, and it's the only at-home box that I've had that genuinely. Because, like, put it this way: the stuff like <laughs> the butters, the bread, a few of the dressings, a few yeah. kind of staples that we have on the restaurant menu. They're kind of easy to just put in a box. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, we just dress the nicest, amazing salad leaves in it. Yeah. yeah we yeah. wouldn't. We probably wouldn't put that dish on the restaurant because it's very mm. simple. Yeah. But at home, like. If I was buying that box, yeah. it's a Saturday night. I'm with uh, I'm with my wife. Just got mm. married, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> I uh, I just want it simple. I want delicious food. Mm. I don't have to fucking wash up loads of bloody pans after yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to read an A4 piece of paper and I want to have a few glasses of wine and just like have as similar restaurant experience without too much fuss. And that's kind of where we set our stall at the go. And I think most importantly as well. We stuck to that. Yeah. yeah. Once when, like last year, when like things were reopened or closing, like some sales dipped, some went up, but it wasn't, we were like, we just stuck to that, like our self-belief that mm. like this works. Mm. Yeah. So if people want an Alta box, they have to be online Monday afternoon, is it? Monday, midday. Monday, midday. Uh, fingers, on the, fingers on the pulse. Fingers on the pulse. And like, yeah, it's like, and we're, we, we were delivering nationwide, which is a nightmare with courier companies. Yeah. Just like, and we've got so many little bits. We use vegware, compostable. So if we wanted to deliver nationwide again, we need to use plastics to really secure. Yeah. yeah. So we, unfortunately, we have enough demand now within Dublin and the free counties surrounding. Yeah. That, like, I love, I'm from Derry. You know what I mean? I'm bringing mm-hmm. five boxes up next week to my neighbors because yeah. they're like, whenever you're coming home to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to your mom's, Brilliant. bring me boxes. But like, so yeah, no, it's been fucking. It's been like. A, Do you know what? Between Neil getting the donuts and all your family and friends up and down, it, it pays to be <laughs> to be friends with Noah Davidson. That's all. That's all I'm hearing from this episode. Um, uh, can I ask a question? It's that um, obviously you you had the Alta brand when it was open and it was very it became cemented very quickly and then you simplified everything into the boxes. Yeah. Where when Alta reopens, where does that go then? Where 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 do you reconcile? Because I'm, I'm having a similar thing with antisocial at the moment. We were one thing when we were open. Yeah, and no, then we it's, kind of pivoted. It's, it's a very good question. Like, it's yeah. kind of, it's not my decision. It's what people do. Because mm. I don't think, like, I think when stuff reopens, boxes are, boxes won't be boxes. No. There's no point. Like, the thing about restaurant at home boxes, it's economy of scale. Mm-hmm. So we've managed to increase our team. We now have, like, 12 or 13 full-time, full-time people that have kept jobs. <laughs> Incredible. And between that, the bakery's like a push. I'm not gonna lie, we yeah. could make the bakery a whole lot easier on ourselves. Yeah. But it's it's great, it's fun, and like fucking hell, we've got some people coming in at 1 a.m. to do bloody donuts, like me and the other people, <laughs> yeah. and Bartek's there, and Kev's in at five, and Shoe's in at six. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a push after a week. I'm not saying it's sustainable in the mm-hmm. long term, but next, definitely for the next few weeks. Okay. We're going to do it. There might be a bakery site in the future. You Ooh, know, but, okay. uh, You're hearing the little rumblings here. <laughs> we love a little rumbling on but that. We thing. love as a little rumbling. Alter brand, like, it's like we've kind of managed to not. It's just like for me, when you do any, I think like good restaurants are a sim, like a symbiotic approach between everything. Mm. Good food. Good design, good branding, yeah. good like social media, good and quite a coherent kind of this is what we do. Yeah. yeah. And where do we take the alter brand after this? 
like ultimately the main you never forget your bread and butter and the bread and butter is the restaurant yeah and that's so the main thing is to reopen that yeah to the best possible degree it can ever be mm-hmm. ultimately then if like with the boxes it, like it is economies of scale once you start doing less than 200 or less than 150 or less than 100 mm. it just gets a bit messy between like team members and who does what and like this so like our, i think our next pivot is to just pivot back on the main street back in the pavement yeah give people right. experiences of what what they want mm. and like because they'll be gagging to go out. I'm gagging to go out. Oh, Everybody's gagging, gagging to, go to go out. And like, I can't wait to get back to Alta. We, we've we've talked about Alta extensively. Like it's it's, yeah. it's it could be like it, it could be my favorite restaurant in, in the country. Like I love it. I've been twice on my yeah, own. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you go somewhere twice on your own, that's you know you, you, you're, yeah. going, you're going to experience the restaurant. You don't want that. You don't want to be listening to anyone uh, else. Yeah. <laughs> you came, I remember you came in and it was you had an early sitting. And you sat down by yourself and you were just like eating. I was like, fucking hell, respect that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been in a bunch of... Last, I think last time I was there was um, after a wine tasting and it yeah, was with, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. with um, the guys from Good To Go. Down yeah. the oh, you're down yeah. there, you're down yeah, there. Yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was basically all the open bottles from the... Um, oh, that's right. From yeah, yeah. the uh, Findlater and Fian tasting, as far as I remember. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, we drank a lot of wine uh, <laughs> and ate a lot of amazing food and yeah somehow I ended up in that little room I just like I was afraid to move in case someone hang on you don't have a wine bar <laughs> you're, what are you, 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 you should have started an alter ego fuck yeah. it you I, actually, I actually think that I think my that name what is happened, Gut to go. I, I, I th- yeah, my, my name is Gut, guys. Uh, but I actually think that the reason, like, basically, I helped them get the Bluetooth set up. Nice. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, I'm in. No, I'm to fucking connect in. To the speaker. And then I just sat down at a table. And I think it was just too... Bluetooth yeah, guy. They're just Bluetooth guy. Um, anyway, oh but, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward. Yeah, and Maybe- that, is that in the... Um- is that in the, the private dining room downstairs? That's yeah. in the private dining room. Yeah, I haven't downstairs. been down there. So how many does that fit? So that fits, oh God, like what does that fit? Uh, it can fit 12. Can fit 12. Which is kind of, like it's a nice little room. We've designed it differently. It's a bit dark. It's got yeah. good, it's got clip speakers you can just plug in and like mm-hmm. it's got sound insulation so you can kind of do what you want. Because I'm just uh, thinking now like all, all the birthdays that have been missed and everything else, I'm thinking that could be a nice little uh, dining room uh, there for, no, for, for a like, party when it, when things when you're allowed to have twelve people in a yeah, room. Yeah, and like we don't we don't we just like if you if you take it on the late sitting from like eight p.m. you have it till twelve. Brilliant. So yeah. like, it's like you get fed and then you get to you get fed and, and, like, and you know yourself is like if you're with ten of your mates yeah. and you can have a space to like or even six of your family if you can yeah. just have a space to kind of eat and then it's your space to do yeah. whatever the hell you want with until midnight half Love 12 it's such a cool little room and it's uh, yeah. yeah I'm kind of happy with that little room it yeah, was a bit of a <laughs> um, okay so kind of this is, first of all, I've really appreciated you coming on. It's been yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're kind of heading towards the end of the episode. So we have a couple of questions we ask all our guests. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so first of all, is there anything outside of everything you're doing in Ireland right now that's really that you're impressed by or that you're excited by or you think is kind of pushing in the right direction? That's a very good question. Uh, what am I impressed, excited by that is pushing in the right direction? A couple of things. Yeah. Uh, I think sustainable restaurants mm-hmm. are massive. I think uh, one of my very good friends, uh, Matt Stone, is doing a thing in, in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a it's it's uh, it's a full house that they're trying to produce everything that they eat from the house. Oh wow! Okay. In the city, and it's just like 
people need to, of course, that's a very publicized scale, but like that trickles down into everybody. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? If you do like, so that's very impressive from the point that like, just people just need to fucking think about where their food comes from. Yeah. Think about packaging, think about this. And like, I'm the worst at it too sometimes. Mm. You know what I mean? I think, I think like, but if you like, like I was, uh, we have a little garden at my mom's. So yesterday I was up there and I was just planting out the seeds for yeah. the year. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so many kids out there that don't know that like a tomato comes from this tiniest little seed. That it's, you, it's like, magic. it's magic. And it like, is, it is raw form. It is magic. So I think like that being publicized in a very fuck you way yeah. in mm. the middle of a city saying it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. Is definitely something that. Because like food production can go two ways. It can go either a bit more decentralized, localized to how it was, yeah. mm-hmm. or it can go intensive farming. And we all know what's the bad one and yeah, what's yeah. the. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that would be one. The other thing is, I'm just in awe of every single chef operator that has been laid off, that has changed, and that is making a living for themselves. Whether it's doing mm. bloody pies, yeah, yeah, whether yeah. it's yeah. just like. And like, you know what about, you know what I love about this fucking environment? No one gives a fuck right now. No, no, no. You're <laughs> and the people that do give a fuck are the people that are still sitting at home, worried about what people are going to think about them if they just make a pie yeah. or if they fucking do a donut or if they like, I love that. And I think that like every single one of those people that is just is doing that is mm-hmm. massively like, it's amazing. Yeah, we yeah. talked about the word adaption. And it comes no more than anyone else with chefs. Like like you said, people making pies, chefs at home that aren't, aren't, yeah. aren't the restaurant anymore. They make, they're making cookies. They're exactly. just starting up businesses I, doing all sorts of different like, things. And, yeah. not, and not, like, there's a big, like, I think, like, chefs can be very ego-driven. Mm. And, like, this, this is an environment to wear your ego on your sleeve. Because, yeah. like, mm. I just think that, like, looking around Ireland, looking at, like, people doing that is just real, like, inspiration mm-hmm. for me, for everybody, just to keep trucking on you know yeah yeah and uh it's like and ultimately like there is loads of stuff i can mention names and do this but i think that kind of like it'll be interesting to see what happens after covid yeah mm. that keep trucking attitude i think that keep trucking attitude i think a lot of people even like yourself realize that like restaurants don't need millions of investments in them anymore they need to be good food on a plate with good service mm. and like yeah and like that's kind of and i think we've seen that from people just doing stuff okay. I think Talk. that yeah you're seeing the MVP How, what can you do for the least exactly what's, what's the best you can do what's for the, the least? best you can do for the least I've got yeah. a friend and he used to be a head chef in a two star restaurant called Comi in San Francisco Okay, and he's Peruvian and he's fucking brilliant I used to work from mm-hmm. Belgium and He's doing like he's doing chicken dinners. Fucking <laughs> amazing! <laughs> you just know that those chicken dinners They're are going to be, gonna be special. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I saw it on his Instagram. And I was like, "Fucking hell, mate!" Yeah, like yeah. and like and he's there because like, you know what I mean? He's there and like and his support in America for chefs isn't great. And I'm yeah. not saying the the government they're definitely not doing a good job this lockdown, but yeah. they are supporting people mm-hmm. in a way that like some countries aren't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but uh, yeah, just people like that, really inspirational. Okay. You know? So we're talking about amazing restaurants and amazing chefs. If if we get rid of COVID tomorrow, and you know everything's open back up, and you have a night off, where where where's your where's your first night out? Where are you gagging to get to? Where are you gonna have a pint? Where are you gonna have some nice food? You know what? Where's your where's your locals? Uh, do you know what's a funny question about that? Is that I like 
I moved to Dublin. No, I now live in Wicklow, and uh, and I don't really like like whenever I was in whenever I'm in Dublin, I'm working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I don't really like go out that much. Yeah. <laughs> and when I do go out, it's just like pints and kills, or mm. it's like after work. Mm. Uh, one of my biggest downfalls is that I don't eat in enough Irish restaurants. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's something that I really want to change. You know what I mean? It's something that like so many amazing Irish restaurants now from like you look around like from uh like Bally the Hob, Chestnut. Yeah. You look yeah. at Amadetti reopening, you look at Ian, that's mm-hmm. gonna be my first yeah. one, or yeah. Ian, I kinda of, on the on my list. You've yeah. got Lignum that I've never eaten in that I really want to eat. Galway, Galway, Cork, the West Coast. The West Coast. Do you want to hear a funny little story too? We used to deliver lots of boxes for Christmas. Yeah. And I did the Galway run. Yeah. It's fucking shit, but like we had to do it, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it was just going there and it was the Lignum guys, uh, Danny ordered some boxes and I didn't really know who he was. Like, but you know when you meet people and they're like super down on earth and mm, like, yeah. I just really want to come and eat in your restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And and then ultimately too, like our whole team is just gagging for an out, an out foreign trip somewhere. <laughs> and yeah. I, whether it be like, like uh, Bilbao, whether it be like Cahetti in Georgia and doing some of the old nice okay. wine. Doesn't Yeah. Yeah, mate. And, uh, <laughs> so like, what am I gonna do when things reopen? Uh, probably just gonna gonna go out with the guys. I'd like we are due quite a few summer parties, Christmas parties, mm-hmm. and realistically, like the team, like. It's like anything in life. You like the team that are working with me right now are 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 all to. It's not me. Yeah, it's yeah, not me yeah. sitting mm-hmm. here telling you that like it's good or this. It's well, good. you're a representative of them. Yeah, of course. You know. Like they're fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. it, like, and like if it wasn't for those guys and girls cracking mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. just when I say oh like we're gonna do this or we're gonna do that and they're like you're fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> and they. Especially Mr. Higgins, I've put a few ideas to him. He's like, who is this lunatic? You know what I mean? But that's why like me and him got on so well because we mm. are quite different. And yeah, yeah. to succeed in anything, you need uh, you need yeah contrasting characters. Exactly. Yeah. You know mm. what I mean? So uh, the odd argument here and there. Oh, fair few of them, you know. <laughs> but sure. Yeah, yeah. And now, as a final question, as a final question of our first season. Of that's oh my god! This is the, the last question of the, the season. The last question, and it's it's, a, it's. Oh my god! I, no, I don't want to ruin it, Cole, because I have another question. So can, can I just quick one in first? The penultimate question <laughs> <laughs> of season one of that's banging. Uh, go on. uh, let me just go first. Uh, go I seen Shitaki Misa Butter has an Instagram page. Uh... <laughs> Hang on, what? <laughs> uh, I was gonna I was gonna set one up. Do you know like dogs have Instagram pages? Yeah. And yeah. uh, now we're gonna turn it into a product, and it's gonna be hopefully in because uh, like it's it's like. That kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a little if you've got one minute for me. Oh, go for it. So when we were in Ternier in our little greasy test kitchen, yeah. we were making all these measles. And like one technique, when you add a measle to something just raw, yeah. it's very forward of the mouth. It's quite mm-hmm. nearly too much. Mm-hmm. So kind of building flavor, I like like just like you layer up flavors mm-hmm. at the back of your mouth. And that's a like, so uh, it's one technique that we clarify butter. And we roasted off. <coughs> sorry, we clarified butter and we roasted off our pizza in it. Right, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I know you can. Like, by all means. Yeah, did, did you confi miso? No. So we you clarify the butter and yeah. then you roast it slow the miso off and clarify butter. So you're really getting that that kind of cooked out acid at the oh back of your mouth. God. So then that was the kind of technique that we were using for chicken sauces for like 
just like you don't really taste it in the sauce, mm. but instead of adding a vinegar, you'll add a little bit of roasted miso to give that kind of luxurious acidity at the back of your mouth. Oh, and then Christy, and then we just fucking started making loads of different types of misos, and like, and if, uh, we made a sh- so Christine made a shiitake miso, and it was like it's one of those ones that was super intense, mm-hmm. and. We had the technique from the test kitchen of roasting off mezos, and then we roasted off the shiitake meat and that, and we were like, we put bread in it, and we were like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, ultimately, that's how it was born. The first one we made was very much, you love it, you hit it. It was like, it was quite very intense. Yeah. And mm. then over the next kind of few months, we managed to kind of create a recipe, mm. which I'm not at liberty to say mm. what exactly and, and what the techniques are, yeah. but that is just brown buttery it's just miso-y it's like shiitake-y it's oh, like it's just I have an empty kinda, in my house at the moment and it's just like and it's good on bread but it's also like a real like you can cook with it you can like just rub just, it on your body so like <laughs> watch the people face. and ultimately like it's just when we started putting it in the box it just started going mental and uh so yeah so we're gonna work with ronan dylan who is our in-house kind of designer stroke amazing irish artist that Brilliant. did all our branding so he's working on some on like a uh on a label mark two we're trying to just get it all tested and hopefully like it's, it's if anything comes out of lockdown it does see some butter on the shelves i see some butter on the shelves you know do you know so, what? Uh, we will keep a close eye on that and if you go onto the that's banging instagram we will keep you up to date on all your buttery needs. And just with the shiitake miso butter Instagram, it's more just like a bit of crack because like we've just we just got the handle. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of want that to be like where people put their butter diaries up. You know what I mean? Sounds it's good. Like, Sounds amazing. It's like, when you say butter diary. <laughs> like, could you back, can, to, back to rubbing butter on yourself. Like, could be sexual. Could be fucking, you can do Listen, whatever man. way you want. You uh, know? So follow shiitake miso butter. Follow that, and there'll be some news up there. But that's going to be very exciting. It is honestly one of the. It's a god tier condiment. It's incredible. It's It's definitely one of the strongest condiments that like, and like I'm I'm not gonna lie, I've tasted it so much. I'm kind of immune to it right now. Mm. And but like, like the first day we did the bakery overs, we sold a hundred jars of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's just people love it, and it's such a kind of multi-purpose condiment too. Mm. And it's uh, so yeah, so like that's kind of been on our radar to do. And it's now like just doing it. Okay. Okay. Well. So now I'm not going to interrupt you this time. So Mar- as Marcus said before, we have a little question. We finish off the episode with every week, and uh, Marcus likes to ask it because uh, it sounds a little bit like this. Well, just before, but before <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you this time. We've had a lot of people in the last couple of weeks actually send us in their own devil's dessert, yeah, which yeah, has re- yeah. been really touching. And there's been. Um, a lot of different kind of stories, people ranging from being like, I would just like a simple meal by the sea to everything else. And um, also people just telling us that it's it's made them think about food in a different way. Absolutely. So if, now that's that's ultimately why we do this. And I think that's really cool. So if you have ever thought about what your devil's dessert would be, then feel free to let us know uh, on Instagram or anyway. If yeah, you we see us on sh- the street. we'll share a few of them on the Instagram stories and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just been brilliant. So basically... Nile. Uh, one night, Chris and I were enjoying some salubrious pints of ale, and um, Chris turned around to me and said, Marcus, I need you to say something. I was like, what is it? And he goes, say the devil's dessert. So I turned to him and went, the devil's dessert, <laughs> in a big, deep movie voiceover, Barry White voice. But this evolved into this idea of the devil's dessert, that if you walked out of Alta after making a thousand sourdough donuts, and the devil's right. just there on Satanta Place going, Nile, it was your time, buddy. But you know what? You've fed a lot of people. You've made a lot of people happy. So as a bargaining chip, I'm giving you one last meal 
anything you want, as many courses, as many, it can be one or a hundred, or, you know, it's uh, it can be anywhere you want, but it's your last thing. As soon as you have that last bite, that's the devil's dessert. So what are you having? What's... Oh, Jesus, think. Uh, what am I having? I'm... I think eating is about happiness. Mm-hmm. I think what you have in your plate is, like, obviously what makes your restaurants busy, but it's about your company. Mm-hmm. And one kind of meal that really strikes me with happiness is uh, it was in Priorat in Spain. And it was we some stupid person had paid two and me and two of my mates to go and cook them dinner on a, <laughs> I was like, are you mad? <laughs> but they loved it, you know? Yeah. So they flew us out and we were doing this dinner for like, and that was grand. And I was with uh, friends, Matt Stone, he was there as well from Sydney. Or, no, he'd done the one before. And it was Monday, so day off. We were only there, like ultimately we were cooking and having more of the crack, but we were cooking. And uh, we found this little restaurant on a hilltop in Priorat that was uh that was my saying I was gonna say man that was woman by three older ladies just like Amazing. and it was at eleven AM went for breakfast we had like pan con tomato we had oh. grilled rabbit oh. we had like just fucking simple simple food but when you get it so original at source not yeah. even in a market in like in Barcelona or Madrid when you get it mm. original at source in a restaurant that like and like not gonna lie it was like the food was good but what makes me think of that time was just the kind of the happiness the energy the yeah. kind of like and having this vehicle of food to like remember mm. that mm. and then the crack bit was they have these prawns yeah. Do you know the prawns? So you come over and you this did pours fucking like Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like that's definitely if I was to say that my my death row meal mm-hmm. right now would be in that tiny little restaurant on a Monday lunch, just like eating the simplest of food. This sounds so beautiful. And oh, I'm dwelling up. <laughs> and Yeah, that'd be it. You know what I mean? You are actually crying. I'm getting emotional. I'm getting emotional as hell. Like, do you know what? I'm oh actually, my god! You're actually I'm, fucking I'm crying. Well, I'm, well enough. I'm thinking about this shit. About just like I'm fucking be, sitting there, it was fucking emotional. I'm getting emotional. A, <laughs> and like, oh it's, it's, <laughs> just to paint it. But like, why do we go to restaurants? There are what three fuck? grown men welling up thinking about grilled rabbit on a Spanish hillside. No, it's just that hillside and just oh. everything about it. It's like, I'm imagining that scene story. in Gladiator when he's walking. Walking, running his hands yeah, through the barley, and it. it's just you walking up a hill to just yeah, like. These... And like, oh, and like, wow. I'm not saying like about that, but when you think about like when you think about restaurants, you think about what we do. They're definitely a waste of money. You know what I mean? You don't, as a human being, you do not need to go to restaurants to survive. But it's the inner human inside you that wants that experience. Yeah. And that's the emotional side of eating. That is, and, th- and that's why Tree Ground Men just got so like attached <laughs> to a story and but a it's vision. True. It's but, true that's, but that's but that's why food is so beautiful. It's not it's not just sustenance. It's not sustenance. You know? It's mm. not, and like, of course it is as well because mm. you need to survive. Mm. But like, there's the chalk and cheese of it. The the you know what I mean there is that like really kind of like what you're selling connection. is a moment. You're yeah. Selling a moment. You're selling a time. You're selling a memory. And mm. like, 
You can never forget that. We've said before, like a restaurant, it's like the food is only a certain percentage of what you're what you're oh, buying. Yeah. You so know, you're buying the atmosphere, you're buying the service, you're buying everything else. Ultimately, yeah. the food is the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the food like you could have the best food in the world, but if everything else under it is shit, then oh, yeah, you're no, of gonna, course yeah. you're, you're still gonna like the food's still the priority, but then like. He's got to create a welcoming space, a nice space, a kind of comfortable space, a space you can relax and be yourself and like not have to worry about shit. Like, and that's kind of their restaurants. And I think if I'm honest, that one, like I've probably eaten like some of the best restaurants around the world had some amazing, not gonna lie, it's something that I want to replicate in my career over the coming years. Mm. But then those experiences that I've had out of the blue that I didn't expect were gonna happen in the fucking arsehole of nowhere yeah. with friends. Like, amazing. That's the kind of death row meals, but they're unrepro. You know, what I mean, you can't remake them again. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what makes them so perfect. Yeah. That's it. No, no Davison, thank you very much for coming on to that thing. No and worries. Thank Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Genuinely, this has been emotional. It's been beautiful. It's been gorgeous. Oh, and thank you. Looking forward to getting back into Alta. Um, yeah. I'll- Want to extend a massive thank you to um, to all of our listeners over the last twelve episodes. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. We're going to take a week's break and then we're going to be back with season two. With season two of that's bang and another incredible twelve episodes lineup of guests. Um, also, want to give a massive thank you to all the all the crew at Headstuff um, who've been doing a wonderful job producing and promoting and just recording and just being wonderful to work with. Mm. Absolutely, um, I'll second that. The support has been amazing. We're loving your messages. Uh, the listeners, the, all the support on social media. It's been fantastic. And we we can't wait to do, to do more. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, me and Marcus have talked about this a lot. Hopefully, when uh, when the stri- restrictions are lifted and stuff, that we're going to get around the country and we're going to talk to people in Galway, in Cork. Oh, yeah, we're gonna, definitely. We're gonna, and we're going to get some videos done and we'll cook with people and do some other stuff and It'll also be amazing. big thank you to our two sponsors over the over the season brilliant, one brilliant. to uh, to Hop House 13 and to Mr. Tato and to Mr. Tato and absolutely and, like to Mr. be Tato. honest a marriage made in heaven between the two of them um, <laughs> crisps and pints give me um, <laughs> on that note I would like to say Nod Davidson is all to boxing and we're that bang this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.